0: Welcome, 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 welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Friday to you. It's Friday, May the 28th. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app on the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So I have my man Jeff Cohen in the building. Jeff Cohen from Harder Sports. What's up, Jeff? How you doing today, brother? Doing great. How you doing? I'm all right. So I see you rocking your PGA uh, uh sh- hat. Yeah. Oh, that's a fresh one. That's this year's, huh? Yeah, I was there. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I can uh-huh. imagine. I hope you didn't, like, <laughs> go and uh, get it on Amazon and get it shipped to you. Was it fun? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was there, and I even played one of the other courses the day before. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. I, I
1: embarrassed myself. And, and generations of
0: people. <laughs> At least you were out there. So what did you shoot? You don't uh, want to say? I stopped counting. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> One time when I first started, and, and I and I suck, and I don't I don't really go because I'm so bad. Like, the first time I went there, I was so bad. The guy I was with was just telling people, look, man, y'all can just go ahead. <laughs> y'all can, just, you can go ahead. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought it was a tree-hitting contest. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah there was so much wildlife on this
1: course that there were alligators that weren't moving out of the way on because they knew that I wasn't going to hit them because they were
0: on the fairway. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, listen, man. So look, two nights ago, the 76ers had a, Ooh, a one hundred twenty to 95 victory over the Washington wizards. Now, my thing is the Sixers look like they're on their way to winning this this opening round series, especially if, if Westbrook doesn't play tomorrow, right? But, I don't know, just talking to you, I mean, you get a little bit of, not not concerns, but there are certain things that you would like to see the Sixers do better, right? So, I, I, I like how you said talking to you, like I'm the only one. <laughs> no, nah, you're not the only one, but you brought it to my attention because, you know, here's the thing. You are correct, but, you know, let, let's keep it real. Like, when you see a team beat a team that's bad or a team that we're – like, Times was 0 for 4 the other night. I mean, he yeah, struggled. He had six fouls. He had, yeah, he had six fouls. You know, Russ was 2 for 10 even before he went It was injured. Bradley Bill shot 1 for 6. Um, It just looked like they had no answers for the 76ers. So, what we tend to do is sometimes what fans do is we hype up and we say – you know what? This team is going to win a championship, but we never realize it's all about the matchups. So I'm not saying I was drinking the Kool-Aid, but I was just more focused on the fan throwing throwing popcorn on Westbrook. I was more focused on Ben Simmons, like saying to people, like, "Hey, I, I wasn't motivated, but you know he was to prove people wrong." So it got to a point is by when I had my conversation with you, it just made me think about, you know, focusing a little bit more. Now, my thing is, I want to talk about that the first segment, what we were talking about. Um, And then the second one, get down about Matisse. Let's say, is Matisse still underrated? I mean, because everybody talks about all these other guys, but his defense is phenomenal, right? Matisse has, in two games, he has seven blocks And six steals. No, he has seven. Yeah, he has seven blocks and six steals in two games, right? So I want to talk about him and then just say, like, how far at the end, how far you think the Sixers team can go. So what are the things that when you looked at this game from Wednesday night, what are some of the things that stood out to you that make you think, like, they still have some ways to go?
1: Well, first it's the injury. First of all, we need to
0: see whether or not
1: Seth Curry and, and Tobias Harris's ankles are going to hold up because if you don't have Curry, you don't have spacing. I'm actually surprised. I was a skeptic when they got Curry. Uh, I mean, I was happy that they made the trade, but I thought that it was more for cap issues later on. Curry has turned out to be like the J.J. Redick of this team from a couple of years ago with a little more energy and a lot more al- athleticism. So I think that having him here has made a difference. The question is, who do you put into that fifth spot if he can't? So I'm worried about that. Um, you were talking about matchups before, the matchups that I saw from the beginning of this game should have been Embiid down low, and then Embiid down low again, and then Embiid down low again. And and I'm sitting there, and I'm pulling my hair out going, why is he not going in the block at all? And he's not taking advantage of his matchup. And that worries me because Embiid tends to fall back into this. He falls in love with his, his three-point shot. He falls in love with being outside the key and then dribbling his way in, which often leads to a turnover. I want to see Embiid down low, especially against guys like Len and Robin Lopez. Those guys he could just destroy. And as, as I mentioned last uh, the other night, it's How is it that they went 22 minutes and only had two free throws? That means they're not being aggressive enough. And in the first half, they weren't dominating that game. There was a point where uh, Washington got it down to two points. So, yeah, the second half they dominated. But the first half, I didn't see a team that was dominating when they should have. So I don't take much out of this game other than it was a fun game to watch the other night. But I'm not sitting there going, okay, that team on that night showed me that they're going to be in the NBA
0: Finals. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I, I, I really do. Um, but at the same – know what I think? And, and I could be wrong. But I, I think that you know a lot of times in the NBA you make you try to make as many adjustments as you can, right? So the one adjustment is you look at it and you say to yourself, "Okay, they're going to double Embiid. They're going to basically whoever like is guarding Simmons, they're going to basically double Embiid with him, right?" So my thing is what we're, what we're going to do, and if that happens, we're basically playing four on five, right? Um. So, what you do is, you take Embiid, he's a better perimeter player, you put him out there in space, and you look at Ben Simmons, and he can be a matchup problem on the block. Now, again, you're sacrificing Embiid down there, but you're doing it because you know that they're going to come hard, they're going to come fast, and next thing you know, Ben Simmons is going to be standing out in the perimeter, or wherever he is, and you know what, maybe you can give Embiid the ball and he and he, and he passes to a to a cutting Ben Simmons going to the basket. But I look at it and you think of it, that's probably why they did it. Just because you look at Embiid and you I mean you look at Simmons and you know like we're about to play four on five. So we're gonna like basically do something that they don't expect us to do right now. All
1: right, All right. let me let me look at it from two angles then. first let's look at it from the embiid angle even if they're doubling him, they weren't doubling him in the block because he didn't go down there. So, the one thing that is great about Joel Embiid is his ability to pass and find an open guy. So, if he's down low and they double him, it opens up the entire perimeter. If he's outside, all it's doing is potentially opening up a different area. So, I don't think he's playing to his strength by being out there. But, then look at it from the other angle that you're talking about with Simmons. Basically, what I saw last night was Simmons playing center mm-hmm. on, on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. And if that's what they want to do, that's fine, because Embiid is athletic enough to be the power forward. But essentially what it looked like is, okay, Simmons is going to be in the block, and Embiid's going to be on the outside.
0: That's what it was. Now, again, that's something I'm, I don't think you can do that against every team. You know, I just don't think you can. You know, I I think there's gonna come a time against Brooklyn, for instance, like against Brooklyn, you don't want Simmons. I mean, you don't want Embiid out there shooting the threes. You just don't. It's not gonna work. You know what I mean? I mean, who knows? He may hit them. He's gonna make more shots than than Simmons will. You know, he may make more shots than uh, who else on the starting lineup. No, nah, I don't see him making more shots than anyone else from the perimeter from the in the starting lineup. But I get what you're saying. It's not really gonna work. But let me say this to you, man. Let me say this to you. You know how I love my built bar, right? You know you how do? I love my built bar. Yeah, dude. They keep sending them to me. Um, it is good. Which, like, which flavor are you on now? Man, I got like eight of them. I seriously like. I got the double chocolate brownie, the peanut butter. Um, I they, they gave me this strawberry shortcake one, which a oh, raspberry shortcake rather. It was pretty good. But then it got to a point where, you know, I was just eating too many of them, <laughs> so, so I had to leave <laughs> like it alone. Candy for you, yeah, huh? like candy. Like so, here's the deal. The thing about built bar, I keep telling you people or y'all, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugars, and only four net uh, net carbs. I'm telling you, go out there and do it today. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code 15. I mean, excuse me. Promo code locked15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. And I messed up a little bit. I said your next order. It's your first order. I apologize. I keep that. You know me. I'm like one of those dudes where I keep saying, "Hey, I want more off. I want more off. I want more off." But hey. It's still a great deal anyway. So, my question to you, Jim, is Matisse like So, we talk about Matisse, right? And as I said earlier, he had seven blocks in two games and six steals. I mean, a lot of people, we all say, oh, yeah, Matisse is a good defender. He's this, he's that. But we always give more Embiid more hype. We give Simmons more hype, and we understand they're the players. But if Matisse can get his jumper down to be more consistent, because there are days that he hits it, if he could be more consistent, how good do you think this guy can become?
1: He could be an all-star. But but you, you just had a huge if in there, which is whether or not he could get his jumper down. So two nights ago, he hit his first three attempt. But then he, he shot another three later on that you just wondered if it was going to even hit anything. It, it, he has a weird stroke when he shoots the ball, and it's very deliberate. So he needs to be wide open. And there were, there were times two nights ago he was wide open and passed it up. And so he's also got to have the confidence to shoot it because if he doesn't shoot it, he ain't going to make it. But his defense, I mean, two nights ago – he had 4 steals and 5 blocks in one game and he only played 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, crazy. He
1: he is that good a defender. And if he ha- if he could just make, hey, 45% of his shots and 30% of his his three-pointers, then he then he's a starter at least. You know, I don't know what the contract situation is for next year for the other guys, but if he were in the – all right, let's look at it this year. If Curry doesn't come back and play, I'm not worried about the defensive end if Matisse comes into the starting lineup, especially against a team like Nets, where he's, he might be a positive, especially on the defensive end. What I'm worried about is where you get the offense from if he's not going to shoot the ball or if he's not going to become a slasher because he doesn't, he doesn't seem to be rushing to get into the middle either.
0: Nah, you know what? I think that it's one of those things that's going to grow on him. I I do. I mean, but I, like, I don't know. Because here's the knock on him. When he was coming out of college, the knock was that people said he couldn't shoot at all, right? And Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden is now, well, he's an inconsistent shooter. And when I look at it, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And the reason being is because, you know, Typically, a player improves from his rookie year to his sophomore year. Well, he couldn't really work on his game the way he wanted to because of the pandemic, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that he's going to get in this lab now. There's opportunity for him to play for the Australian national team in the Olympics. If he chooses not to do that, I think that he's going to put on a lot of work this summer and he's going to work on his game. And the guys that he works with, like, it's not like he uh, doesn't have pretty good at- elite athletes to work out with or pretty good elite basketball players to work out with. I shouldn't say athlete. Um, you know, I, I think that he'll-, he'll do well, man. I do. Now, again, is it going to happen overnight? No. But he looks at this upside. And he's a bright kid, smart kid, um, great agency, great support system. I think that he is going to be that guy. I do. And it's crazy. Like, a lot of people voted him second-team all-defense. I voted him first because I just think that he's that good of a defender. He just doesn't play a lot of minutes. But if we look at Robert Covington and how Robert Covington became a great 3-and-D guy here, I think his upside is way better than Cubs. I mean, but, again, he just has to be consistent. And make the shots, and let's face it, give him credit—he's attempting the shots.
1: Let me ask you a question: If you—if you're playing against him, does he get in your head? Because not— not because most defenders, when they're blocking a shot, it's when it's face to face. Matisse, more often than not, comes from nowhere to do it. There are times that a guy will get around him. It looks like. And then, as he goes to put it up, Matisse somehow, with that large wingspan, and how high he can get, and just the angles that he takes, is able to block it. When you, when is as a when as a player, you think you're past him, yeah, you don't I think it. that that's an issue. And somehow he's he just gets his hands up. He gets them in for steals. He is all over the place, and he does it in a way that just seems like if I were if I were playing against him. I, it would always be in my head. Where is he?
0: It is. Yeah, you're like. oh. I mean, I learned. It was funny. I forget who they were playing. Oh yeah, it was Ish Smith. It was years ago. A, well, not years ago. A couple years ago, like two years ago, Ish Smith was playing for. Uh, not two years. it Had to be last year. Well, whoever Ish Smith was, Ish Smith was playing for. Um, he was playing for the playing for the team. He he drives the lane. And he's looking back. He's literally looking back to find out where this guy is. And then he missed the layup. You know what I mean? Because his focus was on where Matisse is at. So, yeah, you're right. That does get in your head. And then here's the thing. You got uh, guys like De'Aaron Fox just raving over him after the game. Like, hey, man, that guy, you never know where he is. You know, he's a good defender. And people forget. Like, De'Aaron Fox was giving the 76ers the business the first time they played him this year. And then Doc put Matisse on him. And then all of a sudden, De'Aaron Fox starts struggling. And he struggled the second game. Hey, look at, um, what's his name? Um, Devin Booker. You know, Devin Booker was known for, he had seven straight games of 30 points or more against the 76ers. Okay, Matisse. Ben's hurt. Ben's out. You got to guard Devin. Now, don't get me wrong. Devin had had a good fourth quarter. But he struggled for three quarters against Matisse. He struggled, so yeah, that he gets in people's heads because, you know, he's hard to figure out. You know, he's hard to figure out. But let well, me can
1: get, I t- can I take you full circle back to what you asked me at the beginning of the show? Okay. So, so with Matisse, one of the things that concerns me about the starting rotation now is, and you have pointed this out to me at least all of this season, is is that. There's always a guy on the other team, usually their best shooter, who just goes off on the Sixers. And I don't understand how that happens if Ben Simmons is the lockdown defender. So last night, or two nights ago, um, Bradley Beal went off in the first half. I think he had 30 points in the first half or close to it. Um, He didn't play most of the second half because it was out of control. But he just went off. And what I saw, I don't know if you saw it differently, was that Simmons was guarding him and just kept getting screened off.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I saw that.
1: If, it, if, it, if it's just Russell Westbrook and, and Bradley Beal, what are they going to do if they play the Nets and there's three guys that are that good that need to be defended? And what are you going to do if it's Milwaukee and there's three guys that are pretty good that need to be defended?
0: Let me answer that question when I get right back. And because what I want to talk to you right now is about bet online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Head over to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks expert. Folks, I'm telling you, do it today. Hey, let me tell you this, man. Before we talk about this, I got to tell you about something. You ever hear of Rock Auto? <laughs> Have you ever heard yeah. of rock? Okay. See, I don't know if you're like me, but I don't like going into stores, no type of stores. Like, dude, I, 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 I order everything online. Like that's the good thing about the pandemic because I don't go in stores anymore. So I just order everything online. Right. So even down to rock auto, like the rock auto has everything from engine control modules, to brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need on a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So I don't have to go anywhere. Just come to the come to the house. Dang it. So is it right? So what you do is go to rockauto.com. They want me to say right now, but I ain't going to say right now. When we, Jeff and I get off of this thing and, and see all the parts available for your truck or car. Right? Locked on and how did you hear about us box. And you'll know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Do it today, people. You raised a great Hey, point. wait, wait,
1: wait, hold on one second. Aren't you gonna sing the jingle?
0: Uh <laughs> me no habla inglés. Well, can you
1: change oil since you order since you order all this stuff online? Because I my car the oil light just went
0: on. So uh, I'll I'll order it from Rock Auto if I could drive over to your house and get you to change the oil, because I can't do that. Well, we may have to drive over to um, the uh, to, uh, to North, <laughs> I forget the name of the town my, my brother, my sister lives in, but we can, my brother-in-law could do it for us. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. He, yeah, he could do it for us. I, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get you the kind of oil I need, and you can order it. <laughs> yeah, we will do it today. today people. <laughs> so, so, look, here's the deal, man. Here's the deal. So, you talk about, you talk about. Can they do that against those teams? No, I don't. I don't see it. I, I, I just don't. And and I guess that goes. And some people may say, "Hey, look, you know, you're sitting here, you're hating." You know, the thing is, Matisse. Matisse is a great guy, a great player. I hyped him up. I built him up. But right now, until he becomes like that finished, finished product. When when we're talking about them going up against Milwaukee, when we're talking about them going up against Brooklyn, that's a different animal. I mean, I mean don't get me wrong, the defensive end he'll, he'll he'll he's going to make some shots. I mean, offensively, but I don't think that you can hide certain players' weaknesses the way you are doing in this series against Washington, against those other two, because they're you know. Joel Embiid, if if he's getting further away from the basket, then they're just gonna keep pushing him further, 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 right? And then they're gonna have guys like Giannis and them coming down on, on Simmons and doing things like that, right? So I I just don't I I don't see it at this particular time. Now again, defensively, wow, that's a solid defensive pairing, but one of them or at least both of them are gonna to have to get out of their comfort zone now. The one thing that I will say that they have, they have a little sort of a security blanket in George Hill, right? Um, Danny Green has been playing better. You know, Danny Green has been like hot and cold in in the regular season, but now it looks more like, you know, he's playing the way he should play, the way we expect him. Now, he's not going to score a lot of points. We're getting, you know, this version of Danny Green, but he's playing better. But when we're talking about those other two teams, it's hard for me, even though the Sixers blew the, blew the Wizards out, it's hard for me to look at it and say the Sixers are going to be able to do this against Brooklyn and Milwaukee when we both know they're playing a team that had the battle to get into the playing game. It's different, man. It's different. Do you agree?
1: Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And that's what worries me. And, 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 I, and I also, I know this is like, everybody's going to roll their eyes. I'm also rolling my, I'm also a little bit worried about the bench beyond Matisse and beyond Hill.
0: Uh, what about Dwight?
1: Look, you and I have had this discussion about Dwight many, many times. He, he is a better backup center option than they've had probably in a while. But he does some dumb things, and he's got hands of stone these days. There, there were times two nights ago where he was right underneath where people dumped it off, and he just fumbles the ball. And, then, and, and, and he just doesn't get it up there quickly. And so he's frustrating to me. And then he does things like get dumb fouls. I mean, a couple nights ago, they, they were taking cheap shots at him, and he just bit. And who got the technical? Not the Sixers. I mean, it was against him, but he's got, to, especially as the veteran, you got to be the one, especially when you're out there with the other backups, you got to be the one that's leading the way. You got to be the old guy that's sitting there and saying, Whoa, we got to keep our heads about you. Every point matters, especially when you play against better teams. So he worries me. He is a good backup center. The guy that worries me and the guy that we don't talk about anymore is Shake. And Shake has become a turnover machine. And I wonder what I saw a couple nights ago was in the second half, Shake didn't come out there right away. All of a sudden, Tyrese Maxey came out there instead. And you just wonder has Doc said, okay, it's enough? I don't know what's happened to Shake this season, but right now, Shake can't be
0: fixed for this season. Yeah, and Maxi is able to get to the spots. He can do whatever he wants. He brings the energy. And you were in the arena, dude. You, I mean, were you in there for game one, too? Or just no, game I two? Okay, that's right. Yeah, because you were away. So here's the thing. Did you see that? And I know this has nothing to do with it, but did you hear that reaction when Maxi came in the game? Yep. I mean, dude, I'm like, whoa. I mean, was, and Matisse. Him, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. And everyone else was like, uh, but when they came in, it's kind of sort of like, wow. And the crazy part, think about it. These were some of the guys that people were talking about trading. These two, Matisse yep. and Maxi. But, but yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Like I, I am like the thing about shake. is just not there. Like, I, I think that there's a certain way to guard him. Like if you let him be, he's going to score. But it just seems like the best way to guard them is pressure them. You know, like get up in this, get up to them, you know, pressure them, like make them try to make quick decisions. And the problem is a lot of times, at least during the regular season, when when they would do that, it was always the second guy that would come over and swipe the ball and get it. You know what I mean? And a lot of times it was a big. It was a big just coming and just reaching in and taking the ball. So that can't happen. But, yeah, I, I think that. You know, here's the thing, and it's not nothing against it's not against him, but I think that when you look at a guy like Maxi, and what I mean not against him, I'm talking about Shake, but when you look like a look at a guy like Maxi, he just seems like he's built for the moment, like he he seems that way. Prime example when they played Miami, Miami was trying to punk the Sixers, right? Maxi, Tobias, and Danny Green were not bothered. Max was like, come on, we just playing ball. Let's have fun. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like some of these big games, he's a big-time player. So, with that being said, even though he's a rookie, when you go into a hostile environment, if I'm a coach, I have to play him. Because he, he, he Brett Brown used to always say they don't know what they don't know. Well, this guy doesn't know what he doesn't know. So, you know what I mean? I think you have to play him in big situations because he's showing the moxie. He's showing a lot of moxie.
1: He's showing the maxie.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's showing the maxie. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> maxi. you, can,
1: you, can, you can tell he doesn't, people don't get in his head, like you said. But to the reverse, when you watch Shake, if he misses a shot or he doesn't get a call on a foul, which he, for some reason he gets no calls, he, you start seeing him throw his hands up if I'm on the other team, I'm going, we're in his head. We're living inside his head. And it's just, he's one of those guys that shows his emotions, and his emotions do seem to get the best of him when he's out there. Maxie, on the other hand, it just seems like if he misses a shot, okay, I'll get him next time. He's diving on the floor. He's doing everything that he can, and Shake just seems to be running down the court yelling at the ref. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but there's a lot of culture on this team with guys complaining to the refs, though. So, at least he got it honest, right? There's a lot of yeah. that going on. Well, but yeah, you're I, right. I, get, I, I guess it's better than what uh, Russell Westbrook was complaining about the other night. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about that?
1: I think it's sad. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, every time something like this happens, I sit there and go, here we go. Here comes another national story about Philadelphia fans. Yep. And look how bad the Philadelphia fans are. And and that's nonsense. It's one guy, one really stupid guy. And whoever that person is should be banned from ever going to an NBA game
0: again. Well, he, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's you, definitely you, going to happen. You,
1: you, you got to have that happen. There is no reason. What what goes through somebody's I mean the answer is obviously nothing. What goes through somebody's head that they sit there in the middle of a game and decide this is a guy who's walking off the court, who was playing hard, who did nothing wrong, other than he's on the other team, he's injured, he's going into the locker room in the middle of a game because of an injury, and this guy says, hey, I'm going to go dump something on his head.
0: Mm -hmm. Why? Mm
1: -hmm. Does he think he's funny? Does he think he's tough? I'm pretty sure whoever whoever that person is doesn't want to meet russell Westbrook face to face and say something to
0: him nah he was liquored up probably but but here's the thing here's the thing the thing is you think about you say you said stupid i mean first of all you're going to do this knowing that everyone in there is going to like he did it he did it like he's they don't want to get kicked out right so right. or get banned and then not only that like if you look at the video Man, it could have ended bad. I mean, worse than that. Because what happened is they had to contain Russ from going up in the stands. He was trying to turn around and go after the guy, right? Can you imagine what would have happened if he went up there in the stands? You you know what I'm saying? So, like, that's stupid. And, like, I am upset because, you know, what? you're right. You know, every national pundit, they're going to come out and they're going to say how bad the Philly fans are. But guess what? This guy opened it up for us. He's like, okay, this is, I mean, dude, this is easy work. You got, you had LeBron tweeting about it. You had Russ having his statements. Um, This is easy work, man. Like if I'm a lazy talk radio person or if I'm a lazy reporter or whomever, I'm like, hey, man, this is a layup. Thank you, buddy. (laughs) Thank you. You know, and so that was the most disappointing thing to me. And then here's the thing. If you really love your squad, you know, why would you do something like that? Because here it is, like, people are talking about this just as much, if, if not more, than they are the Sixers' victory. And then the last thing is, are you that stupid to think that you can get away with it? Now you're going to be banned from the arena. You can't. The Sixers are having their best season since 2001, and you can't go to any more games any more games. I mean, that was dumb. He should be
1: banned for life. It shouldn't be banned for just this postseason.
0: Oh, I think he's going to be banned for life. I mean, because, first of all, you have... First of all, it was an embarrassment to the city. It was embarrassment to the Wells Fargo, Fargo City. When you have the person who runs the arena coming out with a statement that night, you're right, a statement that night, that's an embarrassment. I mean, when you have like LeBron James and the Players Association talking about, "Hey, league, y'all have to do something about this." Oh, they're gonna make example out of this clown. I mean, and I'm sorry for calling him a clown, but bruh, he's a clown. You you're can call a, clown, him a clown, Ringling yeah. Brothers and Go Barnum and Bell. Yeah. I mean, that uh-huh. was that was a bad. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, you thank you, man. You kind of made everyone in Philadelphia—not everyone—but you got us. The perception of saying how bad we are i mean good luck man good luck watching stuff on tv
1: hey by the way where was lebron tweeting that from was he at a party
0: drinking (laughs) tequila all i all i gotta say is (laughs) if you never thought that lebron james wasn't the man you know it now
1: (laughs) right so maybe you can explain that this is the hard-hitting story i want you to write at the end of the season somehow why did LeBron not get fined, and Porzingis did?
0: Uh, because he's LeBron no. <laughs> <laughs> Porzingis. <laughs> I mean, listen. Are you? Su- I mean, here's the deal. Like, we we can all we're saying this in jest, but are you really surprised about that?
1: No, but he- here's what I'm surprised. So, if if I if I was running the world or running the NBA, and I was Adam Silver, here was the order of events lebron did it first didn't get fined porzingis did it second he did if if it had been the if porzingis had done it first and got fined and lebron didn't you could just say hypocrisy why didn't they just not find porzingis and come out with the same language as opposed to opening themselves up to this whole
0: thing by finding
1: him after you didn't find
0: lebron i don't know man it's 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 bad it's bad (laughs) I mean, LeBron sells tickets. Uh, (laughs) Pershing is used to sell tickets. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's the only thing I can say. And you know, it's like I know that's not being fair. The league is upset because that's the perception. But you know, you set it up by doing what you did. You know. But look, my man, I better help and get off of here. Get this stuff ready. Um, I know you got got a busy day too. Yeah, game tomorrow getting ready to hop on the road and go down there. But uh, I want to thank you, Jeff. Tell people how people can follow you on Twitter and where they can check out the show. Well, you can check out the show uh, live on Fridays,
1: 4 to 5 Eastern on WWDB, the Heart of Sports, Philadelphia, me and Jason Springer. And you can catch our the replay on our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And the 97.5 Philadelphia Network.
0: I'm still going to be on there, right? You still want me on there today, right? You ain't going to back out, okay? Are you kidding? Yeah, we
1: got got more to discuss. We could do your
0: podcast. We could do for three hours. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, so what else? What I'm about to say to you. Um, What about on Twitter?
1: Oh, you can check me out on Twitter. What is my? Well, we got hardest sports. That's our Twitter account for that, and then I have my own, which is ninety Wolverines. And stop! Don't say it. No Michigan stuff today. Uh
0: Nah, you know. I thought it was the X-Men or something the way you were talking. <laughs> I got
1: to I, I got to make sure. Look, I have so much Michigan merchandise. I, I try to wear my Pitt stuff, but I only have like one or two things. But when I wear that Michigan stuff, it's just for target practice. And I don't know if you saw Hunter Dickinson. So here we go before you go.
0: Have you seen Hunter Dickinson but? <laughs> nah.
1: Michigan's freshman center, who was at like I think he was an All-American this year.
0: Oh, uh, for real? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right.
1: Okay. He, he's the slowest guy you've ever seen, and he can't shoot outside of four feet. He's like the old, old school center, and he's decided that he's
0: going to see if he should be in the draft this year. Oh, Lord. So tell me, where, where can a seven-foot
1: guy who runs slower than Robin Lopez, who can't shoot outside of four feet,
0: where is he getting drafted? The G League. <laughs> the G League. He might be able to go to Australia, though. <laughs> uh, look,
1: he could, maybe he'll develop, but uh, he's got Jawan Howard to teach him, but he ain't ready, so we'll see.
0: Yeah. I mean, hopefully he just goes to see what he needs to work on and then bring it back, you know what I mean? Hopefully. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, you know, hopefully people get to listen to you more later this afternoon on Hard Sports.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Just don't kill me. Just don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. I got an idea for you on the show. <laughs> oh, you do? All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right, y'all. So you, what you need to do is you need to go to the heart of sports today um, and, and listen to us continue this debate. But also you need to go there on, on Fridays. It's a great show. Very good show. All right. I want to thank y'all for listening and have a great day. Peace.